0: Every industry that I've seen, the the criminals are actually the earliest adapters. So they are the most um, interested to see what what are the new technologies that they can use to move their stolen proceeds faster in the more secure way, like more secure way in their terms. And like uh, like just think about the instant payments. Like we all enjoy as consumers, we enjoy the instant payments. The money goes back and forth in seconds. Um, but um, like. A few years ago, before the instant payments were here, to move the criminal proceeds, it took also a few days, actually, to send from one country to another, which obviously meant that there was like much, much higher risk for these criminals uh, to get caught by the AML teams. But now, if the money moves on in seconds, it's so much easier for them to, to move uh, also the criminal proceeds. But actually, these new financial technologies are now helping uh, to increase the profitability of the criminals. And like there is like less risk to, to to lose the money that's moved from these crimes into the legit assets, thanks to the venture technology. So we as fintech entrepreneurs need to take more moral and actual responsibility for being really cautious and like building or applying really high quality products to, to make sure that our innovation doesn't enable this crime to grow further. And that's that's like a cultural mission Things that people do need to understand who are active in in this fintech space.
1: Hello, welcome back to another episode of The Future Of here at Nordic Fintech magazine. My name is Chris, I am head of content and today we're going to be talking about financial crime. Now, the digitalization of financial services has excited us all. Even those outside the industry see the benefits of accessing more convenient ways of paying, more immediate access to transfer of money, and more intuitive solutions for investment. Yet we seldom think about the darker side of finance, the criminals looming in the dark constantly looking for ways to game the system for fraudulent and illegal purposes, who in many cases are also benefiting from digitalization. Now the transformation of our industry brings with it a whole new set of challenges for financial crime fighting professionals, regulators and institutions. We had a fascinatingly interesting chat with Tavi Tamkivi, CEO and founder at SALV, an Estonian company that is intent in developing the tools and cross-industry workflows across bodies and jurisdictions to stay one step ahead of criminals. Find out what Salve is doing to make financial services more secure while making it more difficult and expensive for criminals to operate and finance the activities that harm and affect all of us. This is proof once again that not all heroes were capes. Tavi, thank you so much for taking time to speak to us today. Thank you, it's my pleasure to, to be here. Yeah, likewise, it's a pleasure to meet you. So, before we start, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Yes, yes.
0: I'm uh, I'm an entrepreneur and a mathematician actually. And I've been, throughout my career, I've been using uh, data science and product development uh, to beat financial crime around me. I, I, I used to do it in, in Skype, which was like years and years ago, where I was fighting uh, fraud. Credit card for the account takeovers and then at WISE uh, I built up uh, compliance teams, AML functions and now over the last four years I've been building my own company called SALM which is here to beat financial crime with different products which, which are helping
1: uh, AML teams uh, around the world so that's what I do Right. Okay. So, um, tell us a little bit more about self uh, Specifically, I'd, I'd like to know what's what's its core value proposition and and what problem is it solving in the market?
0: Yes, there are like a, like a, there is a complex set of problems around um, AML and compliance, and and one of the one of the biggest things is that like uh, most of uh, suppliers and most of teams are focusing too much on being compliant, like focusing what's what's written down in the laws and fulfilling the. Auditor expect, expectations, but but not actually uh, like they tend to forget uh, what is the core idea of the, of this uh, compliance AML compliance laws, which which is about like stopping bribery, uh, stopping uh, drug trafficking, stopping like uh, illegal weapon trading, wild wildlife wildlife um, destroying. So the point, the problem is that we're trying to resolve is that actually making the AML teams and processes effective
1: to beat different types of the crime that's happening around us. Uh, Tavi, uh, so at the beginning of, the, of our conversation, you, you phrased the, what you used to do at Skype in a very interesting way. You said that you were fighting financial crime at Skype. So I'm curious to know what was it that drove you to really undertake this problem? What, what is so important about financial crime that you thought this is the problem that I want to solve as an entrepreneur?
0: Well, originally, when I started my career at Skype, I didn't know anything about uh, crime-fighting uh, in the digital world. So it was just a coincidence because I knew mathematics, I knew probability theory, I knew data science, and some friends of mine invited me to help them to do something which was related to fraud. So I learned over there, uh, what are the implications on the end users, like how much uh, money normal people are losing uh, because of the fraud, how much uh, harm is being done with this type of the crime. But, But over the 15 years of career in that space, either be fraud, terrorist financing, bribery, stopping um, corruption, uh, money laundering. I have learned, um, read from articles, uh, seen uh, individuals and, and companies suffering under, under under these kind of crimes. And this gave me like understanding that okay, if I want to do something meaningful for, for, for this world, like what are the things that I can do? And then I can apply my product knowledge, my data science knowledge, and my area expertise um, to do this uh, to, to build the uh, technologies which are scalable across multiple different companies across multiple different um, jurisdictions to help them
1: be more effective in, in this in this crime fighting space right okay so, so i guess you're you're what uh, what's known as uh, one of the skype mafia members is that how you call them yes
0: that's that's true like it's uh there are generations of entrepreneurs who have come out uh, from skype and like uh, like why is uh, is it like like part of the uh, Skype Derivative, mm-hmm. uh, and many others. So like I'm like um, a third, third uh, generation and this is like pretty magical thing that's happening because like it's not only about experience that, that we got um, and like seeing it's possible to build a uh, global world changing companies. Uh, we, we did that, but also we got a uh, really good uh, network of people, old colleagues around us who are always willing to help support with their with their contacts, with their expertise, with their funding. And this has boosted like not only S- Sal, but like tens or hundreds of other startups here in Estonia
1: to grow out from the Skype Mafia. Absolutely. We're, we're fascinated by how this network has, has developed in, in, in Estonia and how uh, these companies have brought in investment and, and uh, a very deep understanding of, of global tech know-how uh, back into the environment. That's, that's really, really cool. Let's talk a little bit more about about self. and specifically, I'd, I'd like to know what does what are the key differentiators from the company, given the fact that we've seen a number of AML and RackTech companies pop into the market in recent years.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, like um, we have been building, I have been building self for last four years, uh, and, and we have now sixty people in the team, and we have customers across thirteen different countries, about fifty or more more customers. So that's about like stage where we are at, like uh, funding-wise, we're just in between the seed and the round uh, and so on. Um, what's differentiator? Like one really key innovative thing that we believe in and we, we get keep getting feedback from the regulators and from Financial Action Task Force is actually the product that allows collaborative crime-fighting between the different um, crime-fighting teams in different organizations. So it's called AML Bridge. So that allows uh, like, think about sanction teams uh, who need to exchange information between themselves about getting more information about sanctioned national mm-hmm. alerts. Think about uh, fraud fighting teams who are claiming back the funds which were moved from one bank to other, to the, from one fintech to other, uh, and so on. The criminals are working in the networks, and they are moving. Uh, criminals are moving the stolen money. A criminal proceeds in the networks with crime fighters until now have been working in silos. So that's what we we built, uh, launched uh, first in Estonia. We connected all the banks and the best part of the fintechs into the one uh, collaborative crime fighting network, where they're exchanging uh, pieces of of information between themselves. And ultimately, as this crime fighting comes down to the data information, how much data you can use Mm -hmm. to to identify suspicious activities and to stop them, then obviously, each organization has their own data set, which is good and they're using it as as, as much as they can, but we are actually helping them to get uh, some bits from the other organizations' data sets as well in the compliant and secure and, and transparent way. And this is like something that's, uh, that's now growing into UK, into the rest of the Baltic countries, uh, into the rest of the world as well. So that's like something which is really unique. And as I said, like it's it's not up to us, but there are like really large global players who are now finding out that, okay, maybe five years ago with AI and machine learning and these were like new innovative technologies. And there was, everyone was looking, running after them. Then in these days, it's it's this um, collaborative graph, I fighting. And ultimately we have the only, the first and only really scalable product, which can be used. There are a couple of other initiatives as well. In the world happening, and in that regards, um, but this is like um, these are like uh, pretty much country specific or limited to specific payment network or limited to specific uh, uh, large bank. But but the product wise, that's pretty unique. That's one thing, <laughs> and the other is is like we're also focusing on improving uh, massively the existing uh, like core AML um, products like um, transaction monitoring, where where there is like um, a lot of configurability which our rule engines are giving so our customers can control themselves what they're monitoring and what not. So it helps them to reduce the false positive rate and increase the true positive rate. We also allow them to automate the sanction screening process because everyone has been doing this, they know that there is massive amount of false positive alerts which are coming out through the sanction screening and you need to keep hiring more and more people instead of that, our customers are just automating resolution of these uh, sanction alerts and it's, it's reducing their workload like by 20 times or something. So that's basically what I'm saying is that through the automation and through the flexibility, we're helping to improve multiple different processes. And that's another strength of our product is like we're not selling um, one siloed product, but we're selling the combo solutions um, to get the
1: AML and Pro teams to the next level. Okay, so so if I understand correctly, it's not just the capabilities for fighting financial crime and anti-money laundering, but it's also that you're enabling a collaboration between the parties that need to be uh, in sync for for this to be successful.
0: Exactly, and, and that like they're both important components. Like one is improving existing uh, toolset, and the other is like bringing in new um, dimensions into this crime fighting. And and obviously, the, like it takes. There is a saying that it takes. Uh, network to beat the network or it takes a good guy's cry fighters network to beat the criminals networks and this is like a new new need in the market that has raised over the last year one and a half years maybe and and there is increasing demand for solutions and in that space there is no competition right now okay
1: right okay um let's move a little bit on to uh the the essence of financial crime because I think, of course, if we hear, well, financial crime, yeah, that's something that needs to be fought. But, but perhaps for the average individual that just has a bank, a bank account and maybe doesn't really understand much about financial crime. Can you tell us a little bit why should just the average person with a salary, with a bank account should care about it and, and, and maybe explain also who are the victims of financial crime?
0: It's, it's twofold. Like One is uh, uh, if you think about uh, normal people or normal entrepreneurs. They themselves might become the victims of the, of, the, of the fraud, or their parents or grandparents might become the victims. Like, like uh, the, currently, Europe is is now shaking under this authorized push payment fraud, where people are getting uh, calls from scammers, which are who are explaining that okay, you should make investment to this kind of strange company, or there's like a uh, romance scam where like people are uh, criminals are cheating money out from the people who. Think that they're in love in someone and like surprisingly there is like um, like billions and billions of uh, euros which are being lost uh, by the normal people uh due to this this scam and wow. this is like pretty much understandable everyone knows some, some people who have been cheated and who have been uh, um, uh, like targeted by the criminals and and this is like what you mentioned the collaborative crime fighting platform the email breach is actually has proven already that it can reduce this type of the crime, but that's that's one part of the story. Like people have lost their money uh, due to this, this, like different types of the fraud, which is, which are targeting themselves mm-hmm. due to and spam, but actually there's other, like uh, maybe hundred times bigger type of the crime, which is the true money laundering that normal pre- people don't feel luckily direct, directly themselves to so think about the like as i said drug trafficking drugs which are sold on the streets someone is getting cash from that and and like this cash is moving through the financial networks into some luxury yachts or villas somewhere else yeah Yeah. or think about the current uh, war the ukrainian russian war there are like many many people who are making a huge amount of money from this war who who have made already money in russian oligarchs who have been preparing uh, goods and equipment for the war and now this money is being transferred from russia into real estate again in london in france riviera maybe in copenhagen mm-hmm. and again this is like uh there are many many other examples like wild wildlife trafficking trafficking into swang in in africa or, or like a, uh people trading like a couple of years ago we think if you think about people who were traded from africa to europe for for, for money again mm-hmm. some made a huge amount of cash for that and and it got uh through the complex transactions into proceeds which look legitimate, right? Mm. And now, now, this is um, something that people, normal people don't um, feel directly. But luckily, they are reading about it. And like, uh, like uh, as I mentioned, the war, like, um, people really care about stopping oligarchs like moving into Western world and, and moving their money into Western world. So, and, and uh, thanks to the fact that people do care about these things, oh, e- even if, they, if it's not impacting them directly, this is putting pressure on the governments, because governments want to do something that like their the electorates want to force them. And governments are putting pressure on the banks and think financial technology companies who, who need to be more cautious of the real crime fighting and they need to be more active in that space. And, and this kind of mental change has influenced the whole business a lot. It wasn't here five years ago. Like five six ten years ago uh, if banks got into trouble with aml scandals uh, they paid the fine and that was it yeah but today like over the scandals we have seen a couple of years ago here in scandinavia um also like in the in the central europe we see that the people shareholders do care about the AML scandals and they start selling their shares and like and the share price drops 20 percent if, if a bank got into some kind of problem with, with AML or sanctions. Sanction, sanction. So, so basically the people on the streets or newspaper readers, they do care about this emotionally. And this is like causing pressure now for the whole AML compliance system to take a next step up.
1: Right. Uh, well, thank you very much for that, that very, very clear and very comprehensive explanation of the problem. I think, uh, at least for me, that's, uh, that's, that's quite, quite uh, eye opening to, to what I used to think that was financial, financial crime. Um, I'm, I'm interested to now explore a little bit about what will happen or what are the new types of financial crime that we're seeing? Because we, we see that there's a, a huge amount of disruption happening in the industry, thanks to digitalization. And with that, we know that there's now new ways in which criminals can operate. So tell us a little bit about what are the, the new types of financial crime that we're seeing? Uh, and and uh, well yeah, we'll talk about how to fight them in, in, in just in a little while.
0: Yeah, uh, I referred to a couple of them already before, mm-hmm. but there's like um, maybe three trends that I have seen over the last years. Like um, One is the technology uh, evolvement and, and the progress in the, in the different types of the financial technologies which are growing. Uh, I come back to this later on. Then the second component was definitely the COVID impact and then people were more like a scam type of fraud or like a authorized push payment fraud, which I mentioned. So they were like sitting at home and like didn't think about their money maybe too much and they got cheated uh, by the people really easily. So that the COVID created definitely this wave of the crime. Mm-hmm. And, and I thing, as I mentioned, um, the Ukrainian war and sanctions and applying sanction controls on the true oligarchs. Mm, because like in old days, uh, especially in here in Europe, uh, the most of the sanction, Regimes were dictated by the U.S. Like it was like around Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, this kind of uh, global political uh, things which uh, people didn't feel too closely. But now, like everyone has some friends or colleagues or, or people they know in Ukraine, and they they want to help these people, and they 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 realize that okay, if I'm applying these sanction controls properly, then actually maybe I'm helping uh, to 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 end up this this war a bit earlier, right? Mm. That's, like a, that's like a personal touch and understanding what is the meaning of the, what's, what's happening in the war and what they can do to stop it. Um, that, that's like the third pillar and like, as I said, like stopping um, the like criminal proceeds coming from the war and oligarchs uh, moving around. Um, and like, um, these are the three kind of pillars that, that are now changing the, uh, the crime fighting, uh, criminals, um, criminal trends. Now, when jumping back to this technology evolution, if you think about like we're all great fans of the financial technology innovation. Not only the fintech companies, but actually also large banks are, are are doing the innovation in the financial technology. Mm-hmm. And think about the uh, like key wallets or uh, open BST2, open APIs. Think about the cyber, current, like uh, cyber cryptocurrencies. Um, like uh, think about like the really complex structures of the companies like there is a bank and there is payment service provider and there are like uh, the digital banking providers and uh, uh, like uh, some utility providers and like the level of uh, relationships, complexity of relationships between the companies has also grown significantly over the last 5-10 years right and now what happens is like of course, there are like uh, consumers and businesses who enjoy this, and especially early adopters. But the thing is that in every every industry that I've seen, the, the criminals are actually the earliest adopters. So they are the most uh, interested to see what what are the new technologies that they can use to move their stolen proceeds faster in a more secure way, like more secure way in their terms. And like uh, like just think about the instant payments like we all enjoy, as consumers, we enjoy the instant payments, the money goes back and forth in seconds. Um, But um, like a few years ago, before the instant payments were here, to move the criminal proceeds, it took also a few days, actually, to send from one country to another, which obviously meant that there was like much, much higher risk for these criminals uh, to get caught by the AML teams. But now, if the money moves on in seconds, it's so much easier for them to to move uh, also the criminal proceeds. Like, uh, the point is that um, this kind of technology like um, directly didn't, didn't maybe create the new types of the crimes. Like, uh, as I mentioned, the APP fraud or push Pushpan Fraud. But like, the, all the massive crimes are still there. Like, it's have been there for this that, uh, drug trafficking and human trafficking and the um, child labor force and so on. But actually, these new financial technologies are now helping uh, to increase the profitability of the criminals and like there is like less risk to 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 lose the money that's moved from these crimes into the legit assets thanks to the financial technology. So we as a fintech entrepreneurs need to take more moral and actual responsibility for being really cautious and like building or applying really high quality products to to make sure that our innovation doesn't enable this crime to grow further. And that's that's like a Cultural mission: things that people do need to understand who are active in this in this fintech
1: space. Right. I, I think what you said was it's probably worth just uh, highlighting that it is criminals cr- uh, criminals who are the earliest adopters of this sort of technology, and of course that 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 gives them an edge that requires a, a similar response to be able to stop them. Uh, so with that. Tell us a little bit about what are the capabilities that financial organizations like banks or pension funds or investment companies need to have or to develop in order to fight this new type of financial crime?
0: Well, it's um, as I said, one thing is the flexibility or, or configurability of their automated systems. If you think about if you can imagine especially large large banks or organizations they are having like uh, tens of millions of customers who are making like hundreds or billions hundreds of millions or billions of transactions or different ways how the money gets moved and and now in these days like again 15 years ago kind of pretty much the only way or almost the only way to move the money was just a regular bank transfer and you had a bank account and it was like pretty linear or pretty simple structure uh, how, how the assets could be moved and stored um, and it was like um, really natural to build the uh, controls on the top of that now now in today's world like um, there are so many new dimensions that you need to control as i said like the in terms of the speed or in terms of the different ways of the assets that can be kept uh, on the accounts or, or different um, types of the companies who are part of the wider financial system so it ultimately means that for every organization there is a need to use their data and apply the controls much, much more flexibly. So basically they need to, if, like, if maybe 10 years ago, it was enough to have a one or two conditions in your crime detection rules. Then now you need to have 20 conditions written down uh, in your crime fighting rules in order to catch the really suspicious people. So the complexity, mm. the, the, the good thing is that these organizations are getting more data also, it's, it's being stored. But the complexity is that how, how good products or tools they're using uh, to get the benefit, full benefit out from this data that they're gathering, and now the challenge, especially for the bigger, older organizations, is that like if they're not uh, changing or adapting their AML compliance uh, technology as fast as needed in order to be on the top of the like, uh, new financial systems, then they're in trouble. So they're like falling behind from the innovation and uh, like basically uh, flexibility, speed. Um, Automation, uh, data, the like, uh, collaborative graph. I think these are the things that we are building, uh, but, but we are building it because I truly believe that these are the things that the market is missing now in order to
1: be truly effective and against the crime. Uh, but let's let's shift gears a little bit now, um, and I'd like to ju- just get your opinion on on crypto, because. On the one hand, we hear a lot of people saying like, oh, well, crypto is the preferred choice of criminals because that's how they can launder their money without being traced. And and then at the same time, we hear that, that crypto has a, a very high degree of transparency. So could you help clarify this ambiguity?
0: Yes, uh, about the crypto, like I, I built my first uh, AML controls for, for one crypto company back in 2016, mm-hmm. just to, to learn uh, um, like, data that's moving through the crypto platforms and also like possible criminal uh, scenarios which might happen there, there and also like what, what are the responses that I, I could or should uh, produce. So like I've been there just purely from the AML and crime fighting perspective also for quite, quite a bit, bit of time. Uh, and then and second, second uh, part of my background is that here in Estonia, uh, we were the first um, country in the world who actually legitimated uh, the, like licensed uh, crypto companies a couple of years ago, and it was good. But also, it created uh, like it was good because like, it created a massive wave of new crypto companies being founded in Estonia, uh, getting less from here. But obviously, it brought also some percentage of the bad um, uh, entrepreneurs or companies who actually were created to, to to steal people's money or launder the money. So we mm-hmm. saw also that, that part of the problem pretty closely. So like, uh, um, business-wise and politically and, uh, and so on, it has been really, really interesting times over the last couple of years, uh, seeing very closely this, some really shining stars or growing revolutionary companies uh, and, uh, who are making the world a better and safer place than then other companies who are not that, um, who don't have that good intention. So the mix of the companies is, is, is pretty uh, wide and and i wouldn't say that like on average the average crypto company is more risky than the average bank actually actually kind of vice versa if you you zoom out uh, then 80 percent of the money laundering still happens through the classical banking sector oh wow and like uh, based based on the research and studies and um and like uh, if you compare the sizes of the respective buckets like the crypto assets like where it used to be like 2.5 trillion and and overall banking was it close to hundred trillion, just like um, that's like very, very different ball game. It doesn't mean that there are not uh, problems in the crypto space. There are definitely, uh, but it's just like the, the size is like, um, size of the problem is like two, two orders of magnitude difference from the, the classical financial system versus the crypto companies. Um, and, but, but actually when zooming into that, like um, zooming into the cryptos, um, it's still like, um, it comes down to the like founders of the of the of the networks or organizations, and how much do they understand like what are the risks that they're introducing, and if the people, the values are right and, and um, they do understand that they need to control also the system and keep it financially safe, then they have really like wide range of products and tools approaches that they can use already. If they if they choose not to not to use those, of course, then, then it's a problem. But, but if people are aware of the risks of the money laundering and sanction regime and, and the fraud and so uh, on the scam, then they can pick a, like set of products which are meant to monitor all the crypto transfers, all the transparent crypto transfers, and uh, and all the links to the existing uh, previously known dark uh, players of the market. So basically, thanks to the transparency of the crypto space, you can trace back to the like money or like uh, virtual assets which are coming or related to some drug traffickers or like some criminals. So in that way, like you have selection of providers in that space and also like if your crypto deals with fiat uh, currencies as well, basically if if your crypto company is a customer of, of the bank or like some service provider who helps them to exchange like fiat to crypto and crypto to fiat in one way or another, then actually the same regime applies that every other. Classical fintech is using, so they're doing. They can do their, their products in the market for AML monitoring, sanction screening, KYC onboarding, all of that. And, and we have a couple of this kind of companies in our customer base as well. So they are as mature and um, healthy companies as as like classical small size or medium size banks that we're serving. So, so mm. it, it depends very much on like where this the crypto company position themselves. Like values-wise and also like technology or product-wise. But that's that's why I'm feeling more and more confident that, okay, all the good companies, they know more and more what they what they should be doing and there are better products available to help them. And the guys who are not deciding not to do that, they are more easily detectable by the authorities and they can, can be called out and stopped if needed.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I guess the incoming regulation will also help clean that out a little bit.
0: Yes, yes, like the regulations also are helping, but I'm not... Um, um, I'm not putting too much hopes on the regulations. <laughs> to be honest, it's, uh, the regulations are also apl- being applied for the large banks, and and, and we see scandals coming out uh, regularly. Uh, so it's, it's more about cultural values and the, the way how organization is set up Mm-hmm. Uh, like how how well they're actually able to to follow the ideas of the regulations? Just to give you some statistics, like if you look at, if you're looking at the fifty biggest banks in the world or banking groups in the world, then over the last just um, over the last year, every fourth of them, like twenty five percent of the biggest banks, got some kind of fine from the regulators because of being not not being compliant. So in the crypto space, uh, I think the percentage of uh, Crypto companies who are getting into trouble is much, much slower than 25%. So it's like that's But the regulation around the banking has been here for ages. The regulation itself is like it's necessary, but not sufficient to be actually uh, like protected against the crime.
1: All right. That's a really interesting insight. Um, Let's just uh, just to close uh, our chat for today, Tavi. uh, Tell us what's your vision for fighting financial crime within, let's say, the next five years? And what's the role that you that you hope SALT will play in the, in the overall financial services ecosystem?
0: The networking uh, is, is the future, as I see. It doesn't replace the existing trends, like existing approaches and products and procedures, but this is like a huge missing component. So the, if you think about if you zoom out, the, the whole, whole world, the uh, financial institutions are connected through this kind of electronic networks between themselves, right? And, and, the, and the virtual asset, like assets can be moved uh, through this network it's like internet but actually for the for finances right and and the problem is that actually today uh, criminals can use the full benefit of this network but good guys cannot use the benefit so mm-hmm. my vision like in the next five or ten years all the decent layers in the like financial sector companies are connected uh, to each other uh, in, in terms also not only financial but also actually, in terms of like um, suspicious information sharing or like collaborative crime fighting, not only private sector, but actually also FIUs, the financial investigations units, are also connected uh, to this network, so they can all enrich. And it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean that all the good customers' data would be exposed. Like that's that's not the way how it goes, right? <laughs> like I don't want my transactions to be seen for the whole world, but I yeah. want to see that if if like uh, if I'm if I'm suspicious. To my bank, then I would like actually the other bank also know that I'm suspicious, and they would like to resolve this suspicion as fast as possible, so they will cause less harm on me. If if actually they have better understanding who I am and what I'm doing, so that's that's the way where it's heading to, and of course, like we want to be be part of this this uh, network building game. And then now, now we are super well positioned to, 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 to be there. But just say, like there, there, there will be more and more this kind of initiative initiatives coming up, which are kicking off first uh, atomic network in different countries, segments. And ultimately, these atomic networks will start connect, growing and connecting to each other. So that's why it's like, uh, I think over the next five years, it will be really, really interesting, interesting to see where, this, um, where we're heading with this networking of the Grand Fighters.
1: Right, well, Tavi, thank you so much for sharing your, your expert insights on, 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 on this field. And uh, it's, I think it's a very, very interesting development and developing field that we see. So we'll be keeping a close eye to see how it progresses over the next few years. Thanks so much for spending time with us.
0: Thank you for all your questions.
1: Have a great day.